0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Speaking Livecast series. Uh, This episode's guest is Joseph Wren. I almost called him Joe, and then I went with Joseph, uh, because that's actually his real name. So, uh, it's Joseph Wren of Discography Discussion. Uh... Big surprise, we added uh, the other half of discography discussion uh, to the podcast for our live cast. Um, Dan picked this one. It was kind of interesting, and as you'll hear right away, uh, Joe and I really had no fucking clue what the hell Dan was doing uh, as we ended up talking about our top five weird albums, weird artists. It's kind of still uncertain what that necessarily means. Uh, As you'll hear Joe and I both kind of go, it's like... Do you mean, like, things that are guilty pleasures, or is it more of a, like, things that are just weird? And I'm still not really entirely sure that I did what Dan wanted me to do, or Joe even, uh, as he went through his. But I think we came up with a really eclectic list of lots of interesting things. Um, I know since this chat, Dan actually has uh, gone on to listen to some more Death Grips. Um, If you're not familiar with that group, holy shit, you're in for a surprise. It was a lot of fun, and, um, you know, sometimes these are kind of what we do over on patreon honestly uh typically we just come up with a top five list we're not entirely sure uh what the other person has or where we're going with it and it's kind of fun uh just kind of being spontaneous sometimes so uh i thoroughly enjoy doing like a top five list i do think when you get three people it kind of gets a little long but i mean who does a top three because it already sometimes is hard enough to do a top five and not feel like you're eliminating you know somebody that you you mean to mention but And uh, yeah, so without further ado, this is our top five weirdest albums, artists, still unsure. And if uh, you're listening to this post date, Dan and I are probably just going to be recording the intros uh, for an episode or two. Um, Probably just drink, honestly, because, you know, typically Wednesday, the day before uh, Thanksgiving is usually one of the biggest bar days. So it would seem kind of fitting to have some drinks. And I mean, I don't work the next day, so and we can't go anywhere. So it seems like it'll probably be a good time, probably come up with something equally as spontaneous uh, to talk about once we're done doing our work. And as far as the episode this week, I know last weekend uh, we were supposed to put out the Wade McNeil of Alexis on Fire chat. But Dan listened to the King 810 episode first. So we just kind of flip flopped the order. So this Sunday's episode is actually going to be with Wade McNeil of Alexis on Fire talking about the uh, score that he did for the Random Acts of Violence movie. Uh, Maybe if you're off, good time to check that out. And without further ado, we'll go back to a few weeks ago, and we'll see you on sunday
1: and Speaking of guests, Joe's here. What's up? not much, but yeah, i thought I thought tonight it would be fun actually um, and this is great because you guys have had no prep for it at all um but a round table of what the what we think the top five weirdest albums in our uh music collections are, and why so what are we defining as weird yeah. weird like
2: metal weird or weird in general like you would not believe that this cd is sitting on my shelf
1: uh weird in general not like a guilty pleasure like like i've got i've got like the entire entire lady gaga discography that's not weird um i mean it is in places but like (laughs) it's not it's not a reflection on us i guess is what i'm trying to say i'm just saying it's a record that we listen to that maybe we like maybe we don't like but it's just weird it's, it's hard to wrap our heads around that like that sort of eerie weird. I guess Maybe you're going
0: even... to have to go and lead by example with this. Cause I, <laughs> I don't really, I still really don't know what that means.
1: Well, I'm going to start with a, with a really simple example. Uh, so my, my number five is, uh, horse, the band, uh, the mechanical hand. Um, and that's a weird record just because it was made intentionally to sound weird. Um, it's the it's it's weird for a couple of reasons. One, um, you have subject matter that seems like it's related to video games, but according to the band, it is not. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of strange when you have a song called Birdo, which is you know Birdo from Super Mario Brothers two, and there's even you know at the end where they repeat over and over, throw it back, throw it back, just like you would do in the game, but supposedly like. They have no correlation to writing anything about video games. But the reason I think the record is weird is because, number one, it's the the keyboard performance on it sounds like an 8-bit Nintendo, which I know everybody was doing around that time. Uh, but I don't know. Everything about it is weird because they come off like a heavy band. Like, they play the breakdowns, and they play, like, all this all this crazy stuff. But, like... The vocalist is not a really a metal screamer, but he still screams anyway, like like at the top of his lungs, like in a very um like kid who just hit puberty sort of way. And it just it gives this rec- it gives the record this totally unique quality that like really no other records I have. Can can really accomplish it? Like it sounds like a, it sounds like an indie band played a whole bunch of Nintendo, drank like nineteen cases of Mountain Dew, and recorded a record. So basically, Nintendo core from like ten years ago. Yeah, but she, but but there aren't really any other. I mean, can you name any other bands that sound like Horse the Band? Power Glove. Like- Hmm. Not really spoilers for a couple of
2: weeks from now. No, not really. No, I can't. <clears throat> well, for me, the first one that comes to mind. And I had it a second ago and I freaking lost it because that's what happens when you're scrolling, trying to look for that one thing. If I was way faster and I just had it, I would have thrown the Elder Scrolls intro video (laughs) over this. I'll I'll take that one. (laughs) Can I get the version of Skyrim's opening quest with the Macho Dragons? (laughs) The obvious choice, number one, is Big Dumb Face. Duke Lion fights the Terror.
1: That's the the first one, right?
2: Yes, that's absolutely batshit insane the first time you listen to it. It's a hot pile of garbage. Uh, I've heard every version of the story from they did it just to see if they could make fun of the music machine. Can we make a video for this song? We stand on stage. We play in our underwear. Wes Borland and his brother just write these ridiculous funny songs. Then you listen to it like the second or third time. And even though it's still kind of funny in places, there's some pretty heavy shit in there. I mean how many times can you listen to Blood Red Head on Fire and not think that it's a heavy fucking song?
0: (laughs) I feel like the the thing about, so far, at least the two records you're talking about, I guess it's still, maybe it's just a theme for the day, for me. I'm not really, I'm still not sure, like, the entry point of, like, what the the five list really is. Because to me, it's, like, big dumb face. I, I mean, if you listen to Ween or even like some primus or stuff like that there's elements of those bands i don't really think those are weird personally i guess it, i guess i don't really listen to anything that i would constitute as being weird there's stuff that like i mean you could sit there and like some people would like there's what like almost what you were saying dan where it's like it's not necessarily what people would hear and think is kind of weird maybe but like that's kind of almost how I was going to take it because it's like I could say Frankenstein girls seem you know like mindless I could throw mindless in there to some people that's weird I don't really think in listening to mindless as long as I have that it's that weird it's it's equally as out there I guess as like any like grind band that I could mention or any of the other quote unquote weird stuff that isn't normal by mainstream standards but I think when you listen to as much weird shit as we all collectively have and do, I, I don't really, I almost feel like it's like the guilty pleasure thing. It's like, it's not weird because I like it. And so I don't look at it as a weird thing anymore.
1: There's a lot of stuff that I listen to that weirds me out that I still find enjoyable.
0: Now, okay. So like, if you're talking about like,
1: if you were to say weird as in like
0: a feeling you get when you listen to it. I would still say uh, Antichrist Superstar is that for me because I remember when I first listened to Good it call. on cassette that a friend of mine had to burn for me uh, or not burn dub for me because I wasn't allowed to have it. And I remember the only time I was able to listen to it was like when I was, quote unquote, going to bed. So I'm in the dark with headphones on listening to some of the most disturbing, haunting noises Um I don't remember the song title off the top of my head, but it starts with that weird screeching fucking effect and then just kind of comes in with those like shitty distorted guitars and drums with the chanting of like, Hey, Hey, I think it's irresponsible. Hate anthem. Uh, Well done, John. But is that what it is? Absolutely. Okay. Um, Yeah. Actually the last time I saw Manson, they finally fucking play that. I've never heard of that song live, but it just sucked that he had like a scab ass band playing it. So it wasn't, and it was in the middle of the day basically. So you're just kind of like, well, that took away all the scariness of this fucking song. But I remember being very scared and being freaked out by all the different sounds I had never heard on anything before.
1: So I guess that would be mine. Yeah, that's that's a good choice. I mean, Weird is very subjective to the individual person, you know. Um because like I like I'll say it, like I thought I thought Zayo was weird the first time I the first time I heard Zayo even probably because of uh, the vocals, because of Dan's voice. Yeah, because I I just never had heard anything like that before, you know. I had heard um screaming in bands before, obviously, but like my reference point was always like you know you you had to be like a hardcore screamer like uh like a Jamie josta or something something like that, you know, where it all still sounded very um very human, but like whenever I heard Dan's vocals for the first time, I thought that was super weird, and then I found out that like it really wasn't weird in the sense that there's like tons of other bands out there that employ that that type of vocal style um and eventually, I grew to like it, and I didn't think it was weird anymore, like you know much uh much like what you were saying um but i guess uh you know for another one that i have that i think is just a weird record um and I'll, I'll try my best to explain why and that is the uh self-titled uh debut album by boy hits car um that record is you know again like the songs are sort of catchy or whatever but the lyrical content in it is very very strange and the song titles are strange um Like they have a song called As I Watch the Sun Fuck the Ocean. And it's like I I, and like the lyrics actually seem to be like about that. And like the more I dug into the record, the more I realized it was all about like a lot of like philosophical principles and stuff. But it was like done by a dude that you can tell just took like intro to philosophy, you know. Uh, so you probably listen to the Tool also, <laughs> but like I mean, it it's it just the reason that record's weird is that it's like it's like screamy and loud and jangly and and like um very abrasive, when it didn't really sound like that was the type of record that it, at the very least that the vocalist wanted to make, <laughs> you know um, and so it's it's very very disjointed and that's that's why I consider it weird because it's super aggressive but also trying to sound enlightened but then like still full full of like profanity laden rants like it's literally like listening to a record made by a crazy person and i actually really do enjoy that about it uh but it is it's very strange to me um how how that record came about especially if you listen to any of the other boy hits car stuff it's like a night and day difference from this does anybody listen to boy hits car i guess nobody. i'm the only one i heard a song on the radio bought the album and had been weirded out ever since <laughs> i uh i haven't listened to them in a very long time well the no. album i'm talking about would be the album probably that you heard probably joe what do you got you got all kinds of weird crap
2: i do some of it came from you most of it just came from me um You say weird is not guilty pleasure territory. Unfortunately, some of what is weird is the first time you hear it and your mind is challenged. It doesn't sound like absolute shit, but something is there. That draws you in and forces you to listen to the record a second, a third time. And to me, that reminds me of Frank Zappa Mm. and my favorite record of his, The Best Band You Never Heard in Your Life, which is a mostly live record with a couple weird studio remixes of Sunshine of Your Love and Purple Haze. But for somebody who never got to see Frank Zappa live, never listened to his records before, it sounds like a very well-rehearsed, sloppy band the first time you hear it. And not knowing who Frank Zappa was, not knowing how he wrote his music, not knowing how much time he spent rehearsing his bands— to the point where they did absolutely everything he wanted them to do just by moving his finger or raising his eyebrow, that's amazing. So it definitely is a weird record because it's not conventional. And it will challenge anyone that listens to popular music rock in the traditional sense, you're going to like it. I promise. If you have, if you've listened to the radio once in your life, you're going to like it because it's so fucking different from everything else that you listen to, which I guess that's Frank in general.
1: Yeah. Frank Zappa was the original tool, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just without drugs, technically.
2: And without a screen with a bunch of weird pictures on it. <laughs> what? is <laughs> not weird, Joe. It's a art
0: form. <laughs> okay. I guess that depends on how you do it, John. Well, you know, they, they were just warning you that if uh, you don't enjoy watching a man suck his own dick, then you're not going to enjoy what's actually on that CD. <laughs> 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 um uh, so I guess you know mine again it's it's not gonna be it's not gonna be weird, I don't think for the sake of it being weird to most people, but I think it's uh again it's it's a song off of this record that just kind of evoked a very weird feeling um but it's uh it's secure and it's mainly disintegration and the song lullaby um you just have this like it was one of the first times really like of me getting into the cure and hearing just the layers upon layers upon layers of stuff and hearing weird sounds that you're not really used to hearing and you have like a song like lullaby and i mean when it came out i think it was like at least under 10 so i mean you're Kind of using this through like my MTV gener like generation brain of just constantly seeing stuff, but it's like all their videos look fucking weird. You had this guy who looked like something between, and the only analogy I ever remember was he looked like a uh, Robert Smith. Kind of reminded me of uh, Howie Mandel and Little Monsters for some reason. Like he just kind of looked like a weird, <laughs> weird person. <laughs> um, but it's a thing where lullaby especially like the lyrical content's really fucking creepy and the video is like super low budget so it kind of is even we- more weird and you have like all these effects going on once you just kind of start listening to it where there's like lots of whispering and shit kind of going on and it's panned whispering and there's all this stuff and you're just kind of like the fuck is this and <laughs> as i've gotten older and a lot more into the cure and especially that record it's those things that always keep me coming back because it's it's interesting to know that they were able to achieve such things back in the 80s before you have, you know, the ability to record like we do now where you can just stack on a million fucking layers of things with a computer. And it's easy. This was presumably done to tape. And I don't even want to know how many overdubs were done onto tape or, you know, splicing shit together. And it's uh, it's a thing where the music still holds up. Um, I've never seen the band just because I don't think I could honestly tolerate four hours of The Cure um, (laughs) and still be alive to talk about it.
1: I was going to say you can go in feeling happy and walk out feeling very sad.
0: Well, I mean, that's kind of the the crazy (laughs) thing about The Cure even is sometimes for as morose and dark as it is, there's equally, you know upbeat like that's kind of the real mind fuck of them is like you know you'll have some songs and they're very upbeat like pictures of you like it's it's a really like sounds like a really nice kind of upbeat ballad and then like you kind of listen to the lyrics and like fuck that's depressing
1: (laughs) yeah so i think i think that's why the cure is so effective though is because like you know it's like anything um you can't have a you can't have a truly impactful sad feeling Without having a happy one to, bet, to 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 contrast it to, Inside Out taught us that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, all um, my out of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's the same with like heavier and melodic music too. You don't appreciate how heavy something is if the entire record sounds the same. Yeah, if if, if the entire genre of deathcore is listening, um, you know that Shit. would be <laughs> that would be fantastic if you guys could take really really take that to heart. Um, can, can contrast can can really make your stuff shine. Um, but yeah. So my number three. Um, and I don't think this is any kind of secret to anybody, but that it's uh, Obscura by Goreguts. Um, as if you wouldn't think that a band called Gore guts would be weird anyway. Uh, they kind of weren't before Obscura. Before Obscura, they were just like a Floridian death metal band. Um, you know, from the vast country of Florida. Um, they are Floridians. No, but like they actually they weren't. I think he I think he was from France. But anyway, uh they recorded it, they recorded in some Studios with Scott Burns. So, you know, th- that makes them a Floridian death metal band in my book. Uh, but their stuff was pretty by the numbers, uh, death metal, you know, like stiff and cold and the erosion of sanity and, and you know, all this stuff or whatever. Uh pretty standard stuff. And then Obscura comes out where it sounds like like to me, it sounds like the band Gorguts You like got sucked into like an H.P. Lovecraft uh, style, you know, cosmic horror thing where they like were transported across billions of years in different dimensions and didn't remember who they were or anything. And then they just got dropped into a studio immediately after that with their instruments and the music that they're playing sounds. Like, kind of like death metal like like that maybe that's what it once was uh <laughs> at one point but like it's it's all very like very discordant and it's really hard to explain because it's not like it's not like there haven't been like discordant bands out there uh you know before or since but like this literally sounds like Martians heard a garbled up version of death metal and then tried to recreate it like based on like bad transmissions uh it's not a bad record but like the time signatures seem like they're using alien math uh the sounds that the even the vocalist it like he he's like grunting and growling and stuff but like it's not like it was on the old records it sounds like he's like confused and wandering through like a a, a giant like maze out on the dark side of the moon in, in the dead of space like it's very it's very weird it still makes me it still weirds me out to listen to that record it's super enjoyable because it's probably one of the most unique albums I have but my goodness is it a uh, it? it's a real real trip to listen to um, might even be hard to get through because there's like nothing melodic on it at all but like <laughs> but it's not like Meshuggah where you're like oh yeah okay I can definitely hear the math in this you don't understand the math <laughs> <laughs> like you just you just don't like there there's the human the human mind is always listening for patterns right like that's why we like music because music music has a consistent pattern uh sometimes the difference between you liking a song and not liking a song depends 100% on how closely the pattern matches a different song that you like um and that's just that's just that's just bare basics uh, obscura on the other hand has no human like recognizable human pattern to it at all and um if i didn't know any better i i would say that these guys absolutely were aliens and <laughs> whatever but like the rest of their the rest of their stuff sounds like pretty by the numbers like death metal stuff like they got a little proggy later in their career but like obscura is absolutely one of the weirdest albums i've ever heard in my life and it would probably be, be my number one, but I've got a couple of even stranger ones.
2: Sorry, I'm just sitting here listening to Lunchbox while Dan talks about extremely discordant fucking records from outer space. I mean, it's technically weird. this is two <laughs> records for me, but I'm going to count it as one because nope, Dan will tell you that they go together. Anorexia Nervosa by Showbread. It's weird. You mean the refused? Whatever you want to say, dude. (laughs) (laughs) If you've ever forced... If if you ever needed a guide, I'm going to say that. If you ever needed a guide on how an old school record listening hangout went... You need to buy those two records by Showbread. Back in the day, people listened to records. They put their headphones on and they just chilled listening to their fucking albums and they sat and listened to records. Dan and I many times over the years have just sat down and listened to records and most people don't get it because they need some kind of audio visual flashy light stimulation thing from, you know, whatever's on the TV. Like, can we put on a movie? Can we put on a game while we listen to the record? No, we're just listening to the fucking album. Showbread forces you to sit in a room with a lamp and a flashlight, I believe.
1: Why do you need the flashlight if you have a lamp? Because I'm blind and I need <laughs> light in specific places, whatever you want. So that's what you need, not what I need. Okay, got
2: Absolutely. it. All right. Magnifying glass, too. I've got like six of them around me. Back on track. Okay. And you got to read the fucking story in the fucking linear notes at a specific time indicated by the linear notes. So you have to slow down, pay attention, and listen to the record to get the full experience. It's weird. Because when that came out, I don't think anybody was doing that. Unless you were really old school. Doesn't help that it's Showbred doing their best impression of Nine Inch Nails most of the time.
1: Yeah, it's Nine Inch Nails meets Refused it's musically. Great. <laughs> it is actually a really good combination. Uh, but I think I think the weirdest thing about that record, th- those records, especially uh, Nervosa in particular, is um, in case you didn't listen to our discography discussion episode on Showbread, um, so. Basically, and I remember because when we did the episode, I was like, "I'm only going to talk about this for a minute," and then like 45 minutes later, (laughs) uh, I was explaining it. So I'm going to try to keep it more brief than that, because I I could talk about this record for nine hours. But for you guys, I'm going to try to do it in eight. Um, Basically, like it's a it's a tale of two sisters, right? Uh, One is uh, a goody two shoes, and the other one is like more like if this is a rule, I'm going to break it but like it's such a weird so keep in mind that the showbread uh, it, it w- was a was a Christian rock band right um, but they also listen to extremely dark music uh, that this is not the first time that they had uh, that they had ever ripped off of Nine Inch Nails but like the tale of Nervosa is the most disturbing like anorexia it's like yeah I'm a goody two shoes and then eventually she starts thinking that she's better than everybody and Then she contracts some sort of disease and is dying and then wishes she'd been nicer to people. It's a tale as old as time. Uh, But then the Nervosa one, they go into way, way weirdly graphic detail uh, on all the things that she did. So like she apparently gets a job as a stripper, but it's not like a, a stripper, like just a strip club. It's a strip club that's inside of a slaughterhouse. Like they, they've built a glass floor above a slaughterhouse And so while these women are stripping, you're, like, watching – you can look down and see, like, um, what I can only imagine are those crazy dudes from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre are, like, bashing the skulls in of of cows and and whatever other animals they can get their hands on.
2: Dude, every Uh, time you tell this story, it sounds more and more like a Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino double
1: feature. I mean, I think I could write the script. You know, I think it would be cool. Um, But then, yeah, so that happens, you know, and it's like a song and um and then she like on the song the pig she essentially is like raped and then after she's and then once she like has the baby she ends up having like a miscarriage like while stripping on the dance floor and like it's this whole thing right and like you can hear like a baby crying like the application i don't know it's very very weird because it's not really how like uh that's not really how miscarriages work, but uh, anyway. Uh, but what the thing that strikes me is, is how when why I think that that record is weird um, is because like this is a Christian rock band, and I'm not talking about it like in a oh it has to be whatever content it doesn't have to be safe to be Christian rock, but like they 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 told such a visceral and visual like type of story that I feel like. They just wanted to tell a really, really, really gross story, but then tacked on the whole, oh yeah, and then she found Jesus at the end of it. Like, I don't know. It was just very, um, it's, 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 it's very, very, um, the message is very much not in line with how the message was delivered. And I guess depending on what kind of person you are, uh, that's cool. Uh, but like for me, I just was like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like these guys may not necessarily be. Are, are maybe aren't being super honest about like what their interests actually are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and we're getting like a little glimpse or whatever. And I'm sure if, I'm sure if we ever talked to the singer of that band, you know, he would be like, no, it was all 100% intentional. I wrote both of those albums before we even had a band or, you know, something, something crazy like that. But like, but yeah, super weird record. Good choice. <laughs> I could have just said that. um
0: mine is a because i've kind of figured out the next three um so this one's more just as a whole um i can point to specific songs off of each release uh that they've done that i think are are weird Uh, in context to the rest of the record I think all the records are kind of weird in their own right so that's why I'm just going to say collectively as a whole Faith No More Um, I mean you look at a song like Ugly in the Morning compared to Midlife Crisis to a song like Jizz Lobber off of Album of the Year to their cover of Easy by the Commodores uh, anything like uh, Zombie Eaters I mean they are a band that seemingly has no definition of who or what they are. They're everything. And sometimes when you put on all their records or even just hit shuffle, uh, on their discography, y- you kind of just kind of, you're like, what the fuck is this? And I remember being a kid seeing, uh, I almost called him Anthony Kiedis cause he looked very Anthony ketis esque at the time, but, uh, Mike Patton, you know, during the real thing or Epic, and stuff like that and then being like oh this is kind of like a weird funk thing but then you hear a song like surprise you're dead and it's it's almost like the same like blood redhead for big dumb face that's that record's you know blood redhead or i should say <laughs> big dumb face that's their fucking surprise you're dead um because i mean that's that's a gnarly fucking riff and a gnarly song but there's not really any other song on that record that sounds like that so it's like oh are they a metal band are they an alternative band are they a s- somewhat ska band yes yes (laughs) and the fact that you know that was something that as i've gotten older and gone through and gotten more in appreciation for uh the record before the albums before uh, mike Patton came on it's kind of interesting that he was able to keep that because you know he could have been like fuck that i'm i'm this kind of guy this is what i do and, or I only want to, I'm going to make it very singularly focused as to what we do. Um, but I think is what showcased his wide range, uh, vocally. And I mean, has really allowed him to just go down so many different avenues, uh, himself and all the 9 million and one, uh, other projects he does, but no more just collectively as a whole. I remember being young, hearing that and just being like, what the fuck is this? Um, because, it, like I said, at that point, you know, MTV was very. Here is your, you know, MTV raps. Here is your headbangers ball. Here is your, you know, kind of your top forty stuff. And then somewhere there was just Faith No More, kind of weaving in and out of a handful of those things. And you are like, okay, I don't know what this is, and the fish is flopping on the ground.
2: <laughs> and, and that band would write one of the most epic songs of all time.
1: Wow! Really.
0: <laughs> if this was a game show, I mean, I could do it, but if this, maybe we should do that at some point. Make this like a game show where if uh you get muted for like 10 seconds for making a bad joke.
1: <laughs> presented oh, by discussmetal.com. Yikes. Oh boy. Uh, so this one's like a real deep cut, and I think probably nobody that's on this call has heard it besides me and Joe. And, and that so one is person the, on the call yeah, hasn't heard the record. So instead, <laughs> yeah. That was a real long way of just going, John, you probably haven't heard this. <laughs> I'm being I'm being elegant. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. so this is the the self-title, and I have it over on my CD shelf somewhere. I just don't feel like getting up and finding it. Uh, and this would be the uh self-titled, independently released Jesus and the Flaming Tacos by jesus and the flaming tacos um keep it going this is a very very weird album and uh and i don't even really know how to describe (laughs) it like obviously it's like a bunch of kids that all went to church together i don't even know if they were local i don't even know how i got this cd i don't know they were st louis local yes were they they local okay okay so they definitely liked rage against the machine you could you can tell that you're gonna leave uh, that cd at my house right Joe, can you? Do you have a copy of that?
2: No. Do you know why? Because you have it.
1: Okay, man. I wish I. (laughs) I wish I. I wish I had a rip of it or something. I we could play it on stream. There's no way we get flagged for it. But um, basically, this is a Christian rock band um, that probably existed for less than a year, and um, longer than that. They sounded (laughs) like a long time ago. (laughs) They wanted to be. They wanted to be raids against the machine. I think and is they were like the machine in this situation or what's that i said is religion the machine in this situation or i don't think it's that complicated okay let's have a but whatever yeah um i think that <laughs> i'll meet my own mic <laughs> oh boy oh boy i mean i am the one that said complicated anyway um no so like it just starts off with this dude it's like it's like the music's almost non-existent. The vocalist is like louder than everybody else in the band, which is the way it should be. Um, but he's like, I was not, I was not, I was not. And then it was like, well, that's static X, dude. That's and then, no, 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 not even, not even close. Like, I was not, I was not, I was not dun, dun, looking dun, dun, for him. dun, dun. But he didn't found dun-dun, me, and like it's it's weird uh, for for obvious reasons. It's like, of course, it's like super super terrible. Um, but that but what makes it weird is you go right into the next song, and it's like, and it's all like the problem is I didn't no didn't I, no, you know, and then the, you go into another so, so like there's like four songs, right in a row that all sound exactly the same with basically the same lyrics and and it's like the, <laughs> i don't know like I, it's, it's it genuinely i'm genuinely puzzled whenever i'm listening to it because i'm like i hey, dun-dun dun-dun don't understand of, yeah i don't am super dun-dun, confused dun-dun. <laughs> and i remember because the the guy that the guy that first let me hear the cd
0: do you think hate stole uh, i will be heard from that I don't know.
1: <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, it's funny cause all the band names you're mentioning are like so much better than what this record is that I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but then, but then the rest of it is like, uh, the rest of it is all just like weird, like instrumental, like jazz stupidity. Like, I don't know. Like it, it's just weird. It's a weird record. It's super odd. It's the, probably the strangest record I have in my collection. Um, and now I kind of want to listen to it. Like you now I kind of want to Patreon uh, exclusive. Maybe just we will. I want you to leave
2: it at my house <laughs> so I can make it
1: disappear. Yeah. You know what? Maybe <laughs> maybe I will. Maybe we'll do a Patreon thing where like it's a re- it's a real time reaction because you could definitely do that with CDs like that. There were just like local pickups from years ago. Just want to stumble onto sit a whole there new genre, and listen to
2: the record, and just laugh the whole time.
0: I could definitely get high and listen to it. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's, it's Jesus and the flaming tacos. I mean, what else do you need? Taco Bell. Joey, Joey. Uh,
2: oh, how do I beat Jesus in the flaming tacos? You don't Jesus. You in the <laughs> I got a few G G Allen cassettes laying around. No, um, Wrong kind of scat. Uh, thank you, John. Going <laughs> back to what I said before about sometimes it's the first th- thing you hear that makes it weird. When the hype train of the late 90s, early 2000s, Primus, jam bands, all that shit was going on, Oyster had appeared. What started as a single gig, we're going to play live, uh, we're going to jam out some songs. You have Les Claypool doing what Les Claypool does. You have Trey Anastasio of cool. Fish doing what he does. And you, do you have call him? Stuart fucking Copeland. You call him Les Claypool? <laughs> Whatever you want, dude. You put those three people in the room. You know it's going to be interesting, but you don't expect it to be fucking good. You don't expect it to be an interesting record to listen to because I have the majority of Primus's records on my shelf. It's, it's I've Primus. I've listened to Fish. I've got The Police. And then I see Oysterhead on HBO on an episode of Reverb. Good show. And it is absolutely one of the coolest fucking sets I've ever seen. I'm not into the jam band thing, but I will sit and watch The Grateful Dead. I'll watch a Fish concert, and I'll be into it. But it's really hard to remember that really cool thing Trey played last night.
0: It was a wrong note.
2: Three weeks from now, right? Oysterhead has reunited a few times to play Bonnaroo, and... I will be there the next time that happens because that's how fucking good they are when they play live. It's a weird record. It's layered with effects and strange sounds and everything that you expect a jam band to do. But it doesn't sound like a jam band. It doesn't sound like people that got together, wrote 30 seconds of music and then jammed for 15 minutes. It actually sounds like three very strange minds came together and created something awesome.
0: I would love to see you at Bonnaroo sometime. That would just be fucking wild.
2: Is there a PA? I'll jump off of it.
0: <laughs>
2: <sighs> uh, all In right. The grand pecking order. Where do you sit to stand? Keep it weird, John. <laughs> Keep it weird. Oh, I'm going weird. Um, And again, I don't need
0: to pick out a singular record. I can hold discography. Uh, Turbo Negro. I fucking love this band. <laughs> They are definitely weird they are ac dc kind of just in like garage inspired like generic like not generic but just kind of that you know four on the four kind of classic rock uh yeah dude. but about songs about pizza or you know rocking against ass or <laughs> uh shaking your shit machine uh, as uh, on one of their newer records with the newer vocalist um They're just a fucking great band. Um, You know, I'm not super big into like punk music typically, although I've always said some of the like kind of weird stuff like between Turbo Negro or Refused to a Degree, um, you know, some Gigi Allen. It's a a thing where some of my punk leanings kind of go very, very weird and obscure kind of shit. Turbo Negro is just fun. Um, If you like loud, excuse me, distorted, fun party anthems, it's like Andrew WK before Andrew WK. And equally as fun. I've seen both. And uh, just a, a fucking great underrated band. Uh, most people probably will, if they don't know who Terbo Negro is, will probably at least know them uh, as the theme song to Wild Boys. Um, Age of Pomparius, great fucking song. Um, they've got just a collection of songs from... A fucking like three decade long career their album titles usually are really fucking funny uh, hot cars and spent contraceptives uh being one of my favorites um they are just a, a very fun weird band um but man what, what a fucking fun time it is
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna confess something to you right now john i have never listened to a single turbo negro song oh man missing out I and mean, I, I think I did a really good job of acting interested and in knowing what you were talking about when you did the interview. <laughs> yeah. I, I it was my it was my finest work he said about himself, about a thing yeah, that he did. You've definitely heard at least one song. You
2: may I not probably have taken have. the time it's, to notice that what is this? I was gonna say called? if you've
0: ever watched any of the CKY shows or the movies, you've definitely at least heard a eh, Turbo Negro song. Probably,
1: yeah. Well, I guess I'm up to number one. Absolutely. Drum roll! No, please don't play drum roll. Um I don't have sticks nearby. And that would be the be kiss. <laughs> that would be the kiss the hope <laughs> by a band called Lang Cell. Who uh basically that band now is known as Mantric. Um, they have a MySpace. They have a MySpace. Lang Cell might have a MySpace. <laughs> no, they have a uh, Zanga. Whatever, man. It's all about MeWe and whatever that one place is, right? Like, cause we're all leaving Facebook. Anyway. I'd love um, to the, uh, the no, the kiss, Terry. The 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 kiss. The hope. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> <laughs> just play the whole cliff. <laughs> you can run, but you can't hide, bitch. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. He is having way too much fun with that. Just because the guy's name just had Terry to be scary Terry. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I do. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait for one week when he's all like... And hosted by Dan Terry, and then he just plays that clip. <laughs> anyway, The Kiss the Hope by... Man, uh, sorry, Langsell. Uh, Langsell was the band that existed. They they were uh, they were like a black metal side project band, or a side band, or were a band that was related to the band x toll. And uh, essentially... They their first album is just like a straight like Norwegian black metal album like it, is, it just is what it is it's it's a good time if you like stuff like Emperor you'll like it this next record though like they went like full progressive rock on it but like not but like but still felt like they had to still be heavy so like what you get is a whole is a whole record of just super disjointed song songs that are interrupted by like super long, like ambient soundscapes and like the sounds of like phones ringing. And um there's one song where it just like the vocals are so heavily distorted, but it sounds like it sounds like some kind of weird, like repeated blues riff from a, from like a film noir, you know, oh, we're going to get uh, to repeated blues riff in a moment, sort of, sort of scene. And uh, it's, it's the like a traveler. The vocals are super deep, and it's a guy's just like I heard a it a But like, you can't understand what he's saying. There's awesome. no lyrics. He's not there's saying no, anything. <laughs> there's no lyrics included <laughs> or at all. And I just, I think it's not even. It, that might singularly be the song that makes me think the record is the weirdest one that I own. But it just bugs me to this day that I can't understand what the guy's saying, if he's saying anything at all. And and it's possible maybe he's just talking in another language, but like I have no idea what the point of this record is. I have no idea why it exists. I don't know why it's called Lang And I don't know. I, I or I would be I would be very, very curious to see how well it actually sold or if people like bought it expecting to get like black metal and ended up getting whatever this is, (laughs) it's very strange. And it's, it's probably the only one I've mentioned on my list up to this point that like legitimately gives me the creeps. Like I cannot, I cannot like listen to this album while sleeping uh, because I will just probably wake up screaming. Like just can't do it. Can I make an honorable mention out of your collection?
2: I suppose. The entire ganglia discography.
1: Bro. Bro. <laughs> you can't talk about ganglia like that. What? It, okay. So you guys like Grindcore, right? I know you don't. <laughs> but if you did, um, have you ever asked yourself, like, oh. no, there it is. Uh, John doesn't ask <laughs> questions. Um, but if you've well, ever, if you,
0: you know everything.
1: If you've ever wondered what it would sound like if you really wanted to make grindcore but you were just one man with a Windows 98 computer. That's Ganglia. Joe, could you play a clip? Put me on the spot. <sighs> play a clip, play some Ganglia for the play for the fine ga- folks at home.
2: Play some Ganglia. Uh, play some
1: Ganglia. Because I can't describe this. This just has to be heard to be described. Oh, it's like a clown car.
0: Clown car, people.
1: Oh no! I have an actual disc of this, like with how, liner How many notes, tracks
2: are on that record, Dan?
1: A uh, hundred and two songs are on that. CD. And I remember even whenever I bought it from the guy that uh, the guy I bought it from is actually the guy that used to own a record label. He's like a total criminal. Um, but I remember he was selling CDs on his website at the time. And I was like, Ganglia. Now, there's a name I've not heard in a long time. So I I just bought the CD just out of morbid curiosity. It comes in a DVD case. And you could tell the dude was like, <laughs> you could tell if the dude was like uh, full on like into the matrix like really hardcore into the matrix and um yeah it's just a, it's just a bad time it's really bad to listen to it's not good at all and i have no idea what the guy was thinking i remember showing it to buddy and buddy just like convulsing and being like who likes this and i'm like well i mean i imagine the guy that made it likes it you know <laughs> it's just like but nobody nobody asked for this why did he give this to to I a world like that didn't it's ask for it? It's too much, but it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and Joe, the guy that made it, and Joe. Uh, but yeah, it's that—that's a good choice, Joe. But I—I I still don't think it's the weirdest thing that I have because, like, I get it, dude. I was in that scene for a really long time—not the E Grindcore scene, but just like, like, feeling like I can just you know create something out of nothing, you know, from my basement. <laughs>
2: Well, the weirdest record in my discography needs no introduction. I
1: found my bush and I took off because
2: there is no album weirder than Captain Beefheart Trout Mask Replica.
0: Okay.
1: It's like the obscura of people that like Frank Zappa. It's a totally different level of weird. I tried listening to that record about a year ago and I just never, I've never successfully gotten all the way through it. One time. (laughs) I don't know if he
2: was trying to create a psychedelic experience on vinyl. But the record is very much considered to be good in the circle of people that listen to Frank Zappa. I'm convinced... It is good to a lot of people that took a lot of drugs long before I was born. The record is amazing because, like I said earlier about Frank Zappa, it sounds like the band being rehearsed to death by one guy who is trying to inspire the band to create music, whereas Frank Zappa would compose it. Captain Beefheart tried to inspire it out of his band. He was trying to be a true frontman, much like the Chariot would do later on. There's one guy, and he tells everybody, just make music. Make heavy. Make awesome. And then we move on to the next thing. That's As soon as Beefheart.
1: we get big, I'm going to quit. Well, Captain Beefheart just kept his magic band going forever. We're talking about Josh Scogin that we got to say. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to get really popular in this band so that I can quit and let everyone down. I'm <laughs> still how listening you really to, feel, Dan. I'm still listening to you guys, but uh, I'm going to go look for my Ganglia CD. <laughs> okay.
0: As I'm literally on the last one, but uh, that's fine.
1: You guys can just, you know, chit-chat amongst yourselves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so mine is Death Grips. Death Grips. Um, Death right. Grips. If you've never heard Death Grips, it is pretty interesting. Um, I actually was texting my friend because I was going to pull up the clip, but I I don't remember the song. Um, I don't even, it's so hard to really categorize what Death Grips is. Um, I remember working at the screen printing place I was at, and at one point we had a stereo and we were playing this. And uh, there was a dude that worked over in the shipping department. There's a big hole between uh, the building, uh, so you can kind of go between some of these departments. And we made fun of this dude, Brian, because <clears throat> he would almost be like uh, the neighbor from Friday, where he's like, would you please stay off my grass? Um, he'd come over while we're blasting Death Grips and just be like, can you please turn it down? It's rattling over here. And it's like, all right, dude. And we were playing one song that was just ignorant as fuck. Like, just real bad bass drops and a bunch of weird noises and shit. And we came into work the next day, and our whole stereo system was gone. Oh, shit. (laughs) And and they made everyone have to wear headphones. (laughs) So Death Grips (laughs) uh, ruined uh, everyone from being able to have, like, their own little stereo systems at each press uh, for quite a while. (laughs) And we had, like, a full-on... It wasn't, like, a boombox like most everyone else. We had, like, a fucking speaker, like, a, uh, basically, like, a receiver with a Bluetooth, or, like, with a aux cord, and then, like, two giant-ass speakers. Uh, so we were we were really ignorant with it. But, uh, yeah, Death Grips is mine. My other uh, my other toss-up was going to be uh, something equally as weird. I'm... I'm actually pulling a Joe, and I'm kind of blanking on the name. Um,
2: I was just looking it up. Um, Sometimes you blank out, John, when all you do is listen to metal all day. I actually don't
0: listen to metal all day. (laughs) That's a funny thing. I mean,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I could see how your neighbor would be annoyed by this. Oh, yeah. This is pretty obnoxious.
0: (laughs) No, imagine it being like through like a subwoofer and like two giant speakers
2: <laughs> what do you think i'm gonna do after i hang up the skull <laughs>
0: i know um
2: The oh i remember the other one
0: the other one is uh, suicide boys that usually pisses off a lot of people too
2: <laughs> that's a good one
1: yep fucking suicide boys couldn't find it
0: oh darn oh, what no. will the world what will the world do
1: I know, I gotta find it and upload it to people that didn't ask for it <laughs> Just like your opinions Absolutely <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the entire Three basis times a of, week. My, of everything that I do <laughs> You get my opinions and, 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 and all of that good stuff
0: Oh yeah uh, Well, I think we've successfully gone through some of our weirder whatevers, records bands.
1: They're eclectic yeah very eclectic so eclectic but um one of the big things and i don't really want max to talk
0: sabbath about- we gotta throw in max sabbath you know oh,
1: max sabbath that's right how
0: about how about oakley Dokley? Uh, fuck, fuck that band i was supposed to book them and then they after i already had everything confirmed it was ready to announce the date they announced the tour and then the next thing you know they're playing in detroit and i was like what the fuck <laughs> they're like oh yeah we went with a different show <laughs> i was like
1: That's not really how that works.
0: (laughs) Yeah. If you're gonna, if
1: you need to cancel, I understand cancellations, but that requires you having to inform me that you're canceling. (laughs) It happens, though. Um, Do we want to talk about the big thing, or do we want to wait on that? I don't think we're talking about
2: the big thing just yet, Dan.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think. How do we allude to the big
2: thing without actually talking about the big thing? Get Randy Johnson on. Perfect.
0: I forgot then, you probably aren't into sports. That was a big unit. Yeah, his yeah, nickname yeah.
1: Dan does yeah. not listen to sports ball.
0: Mm-hmm. You can I'll get Frank it. Frank Thomas, the big
1: hurt. I've been known to uh, I have been known to watch baseball occasionally, but only only when my team, who's apparently like the 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 uh, the beat, the team that just ruins people's dreams, so you know it's all good. Well, I was a Pirates fan for a minute. Change Roberto. the tunnel,
2: and I'll break your fingers.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, thanks for that, Clank. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, I think that um, I'm going to go to bed then, if that is uh, our weirdest albums. I think I'm going to fall asleep listening to Ganglia. But, yeah, if anybody cares, I will have pics of my Ganglia CD once I locate it. It might still be at Joe's house. I'm not entirely sure. I sometimes leave things over there. yeah yeah, I left Jeff over there a few weeks ago. I haven't seen him since. So Here comes a clip. <laughs> he has that look in his eye. Hell yeah. <laughs> you are listening to Deep Grooves. Very nice. Thank that you, Jeff. Very nice. All right, guys. Well, you guys have a good night. Uh, next week, we will be back with uh, more episodes, us recording episodes. It'll be fantastic.